Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas, the Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday. It is the 27th day of September. Wow. Your date, 927-2023. We welcome you to the show. We come to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, home base, Sports Talk, 1400 AM and 107.1 FM. Yeah. Looking out the window of the studio, my oh my oh my, the sky is blue, the sun is shining bright, and the ground is dry, and we are really into the fall weather now. Right now, about 10 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time, it's 67 degrees, we're going to get up to 96 today, 96, but looking ahead to rolling into this weekend, Saturday, our high is going to be 72 degrees. Ditto for Sunday. Monday will pitch up a little at 75. But by Saturday, it's 96, going to be 96 today. But edging down, you know, we'll get into the 80s Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, we're going we're gonna to top off at 72. Now, that's perfect weather. Great stuff for this uh, this weekend, in case you're planning on coming out to the gaming capital for a little hoss racing and football. Got a lot of great uh, NFL action going on. It's just a fun time of the year to be here in Vegas. But I got to tell you, we're having that big Formula One race here in Las Vegas with the Formula One track going through the city. It's going right down the fabulous Las Vegas Strip and all that. And in order for these powerful, expensive race cars, everything's got to be perfect, including the track they run on. So since the F1 made its commitment to come here and have Las Vegas uh, Formula Racing, they are repaving all of the track where the uh, cars will be running which is up and down the Las Vegas Strip and around it. So the traffic has been 
Well, it's been worse than it usually is on the Strip. People coming here, man, they're going, they're, they're trying to get into these hotels in any place but down the Strip. But it's going to be something else. They're building grandstands along the, uh, the Strip. It's going to be something else. That's happening in uh, November. Then, of course, December, the uh, rodeo comes to town. We got the holidays, uh, you know, Thanksgiving next month. Uh, no, not next month, uh, November. We're about two months away from uh, starting the holidays and Thanksgiving weekend. Then we roll right into New Year's Eve and then boom, you got the uh, Super Bowl here. Good stuff, all of it. Great. Make your plans to come on down. Have a good time. Anyhow, we are covering horse racing Las Vegas style, of course. And, of course, along the way with all of that activity, the first weekend of November, which ain't too far away, by the way, 37 days to go until the Breeders' Cup two-day championship on November 3rd and 4th. That's when we shine here in Las Vegas in our race and sports books. And, of course, the South Point doing what they always do for horse players. They kick out the jams and really have a great presentation of uh, our sports championship event with the big viewing parties and the big ballrooms, uh, the seminar that we're going to have, the Breeders' Cup seminar in the Grandview Lounge at the end of uh, day one, the conclusion of day one of the two-day championships on Friday, November 3rd, featuring Jonathan Hardoon coming all the way out from New York to be here in person with us. And of course, in-house handicapper John Lindo and me just trying to keep those guys separated. All good stuff in the Grandview Lounge. Doing it in the lounge where it is set up for entertainment, etc. Unlike a book that you have to put the platforms on in the in the lounge where you're on stage, etc. Nice, beautiful Cocktail-type tables that you could sit at and relax and put out all your paraphernalia to handicap and all that with us. Going to be a good time. And that'll be 6 o'clock Friday, November 3rd in the Grandview Lounge, the Breeders' Cup Seminar for this year. We'll take a look back at what happened with the two-year-olds during that day's first day of championship and then look ahead to the big day, Championship Day Saturday. It's all free. Yeah, you can come on down, just grab a table and all that good stuff. It's adjacent to the race book, so if you want to have a late bet or two in the race book, great restaurants. It's just a fantastic place to be at. If you're listening out there beyond here in Las Vegas and you want to come out, they're going to have Breeders' Cup packages, specials for people flying in, etc. Just tell them you're coming in for the Breeders' Cup. We're going to have a good time. And you can play the races with us because we'll be there. My, I will be, Jonathan and... Uh, John will play in the races. We'll be up in the big ballroom and seeing uh, how much uh, how much opportunity we have to enjoy and make money on the championship. All that good stuff. So we got a lot of good stuff happening, rolling in now to this uh, fall-type weather here in Las Vegas. This week, however, there's racing around the country and certainly coming here, here into uh, Las Vegas. Um... Of course, you know, Santa Anita will start on Friday in, in their fall meeting that, of course, will be highlighted by, uh, you know, the Breeders' Cup, which will be there at Santa Anita. They'll be pre presenting the Breeders' Cup there. 
host track. And they'll be loading up some Breeders' Cup prep races coming up this weekend and next weekend at Santa Anita. And I got to tell you, the, the, the racing at uh, Belmont at Aqueduct, the Big A, they're going to have a couple of uh, nice races as well uh, this weekend. A Breeders' Cup win in your in. Churchill Downs and their fall meeting, they're going to have a Breeders' Cup win in your in as well. So it shakes out like this. Uh, come Saturday, the Big A is going to have four stakes races. The Gallant Bloom, a grade two. The Joe Hurst Turf Classic, a grade one on the grass. The Woodward at a mile and one-eighth for the handicap horses, a grade two. And then the grade two Vosburg at uh, seven furlongs, which is a Breeders' Cup win in your in for the sprint. Churchill Downs going to have three stakes races Saturday, the Lucas Classic, a grade two, the Jefferson Cup, and the Ack-Ack, which is at a mile for three-year-olds and up, and that is a Breeders' Cup win in your end. So Saturday you got uh, two Breeders' Cup win in your ends. And uh, and then at Santa Anita, you'll have another Breeders' Cup win in your end. Santa Anita Saturday will feature four stakes races. The City of Hope, a grade two on the turf. The Eddie D. Stakes, a grade two on the turf. The Santa Anita Sprint Championship, which is also a grade two for six furlongs. And the Awesome, again, a grade one at a mile and way for three-year-olds and up. This is a Breeders' Cup winning your end for the Breeders' Cup Classic. And then we turn the page on Sunday. It becomes October the 1st, October Fest, so to speak. And again, Belmont at Aqueduct will have two Breeders' Cup winning your in races on Sunday, featuring the two-year-olds, the Miss Grillo, grade two on the turf for two-year-old fillies, the Pilgrim, a grade two on the turf for open two-year-olds, both Breeders' Cup winning your in races. Santa Anita will come back with four more stakes, none of them Breeders' Cup winning your in, but certainly Breeders' Cup prep races. They are the John Henry Turf Championship, a grade two on the turf, the Tokyo City Cup, a grade three, the Unzip Me Stakes, and the Zenyatta, which is a grade two. And, of course, looking ahead to Sunday, Woodbine will feature the Breeder Stakes and the Ontario Damsel. So we got a lot of good stuff about to happen coming up this weekend as we march on to the Breeders' Cup. 37 days, 2 hours, 8 minutes, and 5 seconds, tick, 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 and counting. All right? So we welcome everybody here in Las Vegas listening to Sports Talk 1400 AM and 107.1 FM. And, of course, everybody else around the world that, of course, we have through our streaming platforms like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com, .vegas.world.global. Your iPhones or your Androids with your app, the KSHP app, you can get it at your app store. Put it on your device and hear us now. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasting as well. So simply put hello. And welcome to the show, no matter however, wherever, whenever you get us. All right, looking ahead, kind of wrapping up what happened on Sunday. Remington Park had a big day of racing Sunday, had eight stakes races out of ten races, but it was featured by the Oklahoma Derby and the Oklahoma Oaks. The preliminary stakes winners, the Flashy Lady, was won by My Destiny. The Remington Green won by Sunlit Song. Uh, the... E.L. Gaylord Memorial, won by Chai Chai. The Kip DeVille, won by Good Like Magic, a Brad Cox trainee. Flavian Pratt rode that one at 320. The Ricks Memorial, won by Medallia, Medalla Match, Medalla Match. 
That gave uh, jockey Steve Elliott uh, two stakes wins on the day so far. He won the Remington with Sunlit Law, a song, and the uh, and the Ricks Memorial. Then he had the David Vance, and the winner there was Albizu. Christian chores for uh, Robertino Diodoro at 720. And then the two big races, the two big three, uh, grade threes of the day. The Remington Oaks for the three-year-old Phillies at a mile and 16th, won by Honor D. Lady with uh, Tyler Connor aboard, trained by Safi Joseph Jr., 1740, outrunning Ancient Peace and Magic Bubbles. And then the $400,000 grade three Oklahoma Derby. At a mile and way for three rolls. What a race this was. I don't know if you saw it or not, but what a what a driving finish this was. They even had an inquiry in the race. But the winner and a big upset between horses to get his nostril in front was how did he do that? He did it by sticking his nostril out in front. And Stuart Elliott gets his third stakes win of the day at Remington Park with that victory for Steve Asmussen. Now you ready for the price? Steve Asmussen trainee. Ninety-one twenty for a two-dollar win bet there. Red Route One and Tumba Rumba were the two other horses on the uh, photo finish and that driving finish. Wow, Asmussen ninety-one twenty in a stakes race. Wow. They had an all-stakes pick five. That all-stakes pick five anchored by that long shot paid four thousand nine hundred forty-eight dollars and ten cents. Big day for Stuart Elliott there at Remington Park and Steve Asmussen. Okay, we got ooh, we got a closing day at Los Alamitos. Can't wait to get a hold of uh, John Lendo a bit later on coming on the show. Going into the day, there were three jockeys that still had an opportunity to win the jockey championship. But uh, Juan Hernandez... Won four out of four races at Los Al on closing day. And all four of those winners were trained by Bob Baffert. Together, Baffert and Hernandez went four out of the nine races on closing day at Los Al to garner the titles. Now, Juan Hernandez had a total of eight rides at Los Alamitos, I believe. It's eight rides. He was perfect. In all of his mounts at Losal for the third bread meet for those two and a half weeks, two weeks, he won. Amazing. Amazing. We'll get more on the closing day antics there with uh, John Lindo a bit later on. At the Big A, a couple of stakes races. The Joseph A. Gima won by Kara's Time. Big long shot, $47 for uh, Mitchell uh, Friedman and uh, Dylan Davis. My Shady Lady was uh, second, and uh, my main squeeze was third. And then the Bertram F. Bongart, the winner there was El Grande O with uh, Jose Ortiz for Linda Rice. There's that family connection again, 340, uh, running Angelo's the Great and Bonnie Chance. Irad, though, was the riding star of the day. Brother Irad had three wins. Woodbine Stakes Races. The Bull Page Zippy Gizmo. 
for trainer Kevin Attard and Kazuchi Kimura, paid $9.10, outrunning Brave Dancer and Summer Command. A Summer Commander, I should say. And then the Victoria Queen, the winner there was War Painter, with Patrick Husbands aboard, paying $12.80, and was trained by Kevin Attard. So Kevin Attard wins both stakes races on Sunday at Woodbine. Olivia Rose was second, and uh, 454 finished third. And uh, just to wrap up, Churchill, Tyler Gaffleon had a couple of winners, and so did uh, Francisco Ariarda. That's about it there, Churchill on Sunday. But we got some good stuff happening today, so uh, with any, uh, any further ado, we're going to go to our first break. Because... After that, we're going to bring in, uh, get the racing menu out of the way for today and then bring in Jonathan Hardoon, who may very well have a soapbox or two. We'll wait and see. Don't go away. Exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all righty well you know what the weather is like here in las vegas nevada but looking across the country today a lot of action going all over uh, the state of indiana and uh, uh, ohio and uh, for the most part along the atlantic coast from the mid-Atlantic right down to the very, very bottom tip of Florida, there's a lot of moisture, just a lot of rain and stuff going on down there. Otherwise, it doesn't look too bad across the country. So here's the menu of racetracks available today. In the racebook, simulcast centers and racetracks around the country. As we always do, we remind you that on this racing menu, the first post-times rebroadcast are that of the Pacific Time Zone. Because we are in the Pacific time zone here in Las Vegas, race day Las Vegas. 
And these will be the first post times that roll out in our race books today. However, if you're listening anywhere else on the different platforms that we have delivering this signal to you, no matter where you're at in the world, and maybe even beyond, and you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to the Pacific time zone so you don't miss an opportunity to make a winning bet. I don't want you to, you know, miss anything like I miss mom and dad, okay? All right, here's the menu then. We begin with Delaware Park. Delaware Park has a first post time of 9.30 Pacific time. Then next comes Parks Racing. All right, they're jackpots. Here they are. I'll just, I'm just i going to give you these pick five jackpots as they are presented on Equibase. I don't know which one's the first one. I don't know which one is the second one, but here they are. One's $41,927. The other one is $54,566. Either one is something uh, that you'll be happy to hit if you can connect the dots. Parks Racing's first post time is 940. Then we'll go to Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Churchill Downs has a pick six jackpot carryover of $111,047. $111,047 in their pick six jackpot carryover. First post time at Churchill, 9.45. And then we go to Finger Lakes, upstate New York. Finger Lakes, first post time is 10.15. 10.15 at Finger Lakes. Then we roll down to Horseshoe, Indianapolis, where they have a super high five carryover of $2,706. Horseshoe, Indianapolis, first post time is 11.30. Following that comes Presque Isle Downs. Presque Isle Downs, first post time is 12 high noon Pacific. And we wrap up the seven races on the racing menu today. Seven tracks, I should say, on the racing menu today. That seventh track is Remington Park. And Remington Park has the first post time of 5.05. And that's your racing menu for today. Okay? Yeah. All righty. Now it's time to get to Jonathan Hardoon. Let's see if Jonathan's on his soapbox or not today. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know the weather here, and how is the weather in your part of the world? Well, today it's nice. Finally, it's a beautiful day, a little cool outside. But the problem is this weekend they're expecting another torrential downpour of rain, oh. so hopefully it misses. But at this point, that's what they're calling for. Now, now you're talking about uh, the rain also at, uh, at the Big A, right? Yeah, that's all I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, okay. Well, I know you're not, like, next door to the big A. That's why, yeah. No, I'm three hours away. Yeah. What does anyone care about the weather where I <laughs> They care about what the weather where the race is. I'll bet your neighbors do. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, uh, yeah, that uh, that storm, it's really, uh, right now, it's really centered around Florida down there. It's in Florida, it's, uh, the rain. And it's, I guess it's going to roll up the Atlantic coast then, right? Uh, yeah, it's going to re- be a repeat of last weekend where they were forced to ca- cancel Aqueduct. And uh, they did run at parks. And yeah. uh, they got the, all the races in for the most part. And uh, without any incident, the only pro- real problem that they had, and they did a terrible thing. What? They ran the seventh race on the grass. Then they took the next race off the grass without making it at all 
It was the final leg of a pick four. Yeah. You know, 95% of tracks these days, when races switch surfaces, they become all races. Not at park. Now, I want to preface this for the folks out there. You're talking about the Saturday card at Parks Racing because you weren't on with us on Sunday. And uh, Parks right. Racing. The, the, uh, last time Parks ran, the last yeah. time Parks ran was yesterday. But before, well, we're talking about the Saturday. Week, but that's kind of. You're yeah, talking about Saturday. Saturday at Parks. That's, I'm just trying to tell everybody out there because you didn't tell them that. And uh, well, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania Derby Day. <laughs> so the eighth race was run on the turf. The ninth race was scheduled for the turf, yeah. and they just took it off the turf after they ran the eighth race on the grass, and they didn't make it in all. Yeah, so now, people were pissed off. Yeah, now I, I agree with you, Jonathan, that um, they should have made it in all. No doubt about that, because that protects the betters. But I think after they ran that turf monster, and if you watched the race and the replay, you saw big divots coming off of the turf course, like it was really soft, and they were digging into it. And I'm assuming they, that the jo- I'm assuming that the jockeys came back and said, you know what, it's not too safe to ride on, and so um, they decided no, to no, take. No one's complaining. They did the right thing to take yeah. the ninth race off the grass. The only problem is the eighth race should have never been run on the grass either. With they canceled every track. In anywhere near parks on Saturday, they, they canceled Pimlico, Delaware, uh, Naira. Everything was closed. Uh-huh. Okay, so, <laughs> so, but they decided to leave the races on the grass. Fine, they ran the first race on the grass. It's not safe. You take the next race off, but you have to make it an all and protect the players. Agree, hundred. Agree, hundred percent with you. No doubt about that. But uh, I, I think that's why they took it off the grass. And uh, by the way, the winner, nobody listens was the winner of that turf monster, Tyler Gaff-Leon for trainer uh, T- Tim Eagleston. And, uh, this was a horrible story. A bro. tragedy. A hor- yeah, go, friend, ahead. go ahead. Tell yeah. him about it. My friend, actually, I, I know someone that owns a piece, a third of the horse, and uh, such a nice guy. And this horse, they love this horse. And they were, as a matter of fact, thinking of scratching because they were worried about roses for Deborah. And the guy said to me, well, we'll run in if we get second. That'll be good enough. Uh-huh. Turns out he wins the race. Unfortunately, yeah. driving back to Kentucky, yeah. there was an accident with the uh, horse trailer and the horse died. I mean, these people are devastated. Yeah. They go from the high of highs winning a race like that uh, to losing the horse. It was just a tragedy and a terrible, terrible situation. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen on the track, which obviously is great news, but unfortunately it happened. So that's yeah, just part I guess, of life, and uh, it's very sad. I guess the trailer tipped over or something, and, and the horse uh, uh, popped a, a vein. It was terrible, but yeah, it was, my goodness, you win the race, and then on the way back and transporting the horse back, uh, that happens. Uh, sad, that's for sure, but went out. he went out a winner. Yeah, highest of highs to the lowest yeah. of lows. That's yeah. the craziness of this game, Ralph. I mean, you, on one second, you're on top of the world, and mm-hmm. a, 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 an hour later, tragedy strikes. Yeah, well, not so – I mean, you don't equate the tragic tragic uh, feelings with losing a horse like that, but horse players do the same thing. They got up and downs all the time, but it's nothing like that because we, we'll, uh, we'll re, uh, reload and, and uh, go again, that's for sure. Talk yeah, we turn the page, and we have the next race coming up, but this will hurt for a while. Now, uh, as far as Saturday at Parks Racing, now that uh, we're talking about it, it looked like uh, speed was hugely dominant, and, and it was certainly in the $2 million races, the cotillion, where Doug O'Neill's uh, ceiling crusher under Edwin Maldonado, who's one of the, uh, the best uh, gate jockeys and front-running 
uh, riders uh, in the country get Ceiling Crusher to go gate the wire to mile and 16th and win that, uh, winning her sixth of seven races for this Calbred in the Cotillion. And then your trainer and your, your horse, the one you like, Saudi Crown, did uh, almost the same thing by uh, being on the pace and, and uh, turning them back in the Pennsylvania Derby for Brad Cox and Florent Garreau. A whopping four dollars and twenty cents. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I mean, still. But you know, a there are a lot. Winner. We're not complaining. There were a lot of handicappers on the shows, though, on, on the you know the cable shows that were covering this that said Saudi Crown should be the favorite, but they 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 were all trying to beat this horse, so he he didn't. Uh, he got the good housekeeping seal of approval after the race, though, and I guess he'll go in uh, his next start. He's pointing towards the Breeders' Cup Classic. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. Good stuff, that horse. And Brad Cox, what a what a. By, by the way, Ralph, good news for uh, Heiser fans. Uh, Uh-oh. Clay Higgins, <laughs> the yep. Higgins, the Republican from Louisiana, has introduced a bill to the House of Representatives that would repeal, repeal Heiser. What? So, repeal it? That's, that's what they're saying, but they, they, it'll never get through. Don't worry. There's too much money involved, too many people on the payroll, you know. But he, at least he introduced the bill, so there are people out there that have a, a little bit of uh, awareness of what's going on. So they're get, they're trying to repeal HISA instead. Well, maybe they'll get a compromise. And they'll say, okay, we won't repeal it, but we'll fine-tune it a little and maybe have a little bit more input into the local jurisdictions with the federal uh, agency. What do you say about that? that? That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? What, what I say about that, Ralph, is unfortunately <laughs> it makes too much sense. It um, makes too much sense. That's um, what make. That's what I say about it. So well, we know what happens when something makes sense in this game. Well, I'm sorry. They avoided at all costs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone out and done something like that. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, uh, Jonathan, I guess you're gearing up for, uh, you know, the big A when they uh, start uh, racing, I guess, uh, tomorrow, right? They're back tomorrow. 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 Yeah. tomorrow. And uh, Santa Anita. Yeah, we have Churchill, though. Yeah, no. And uh, Santa Anita uh, will start on uh, Friday, and of course, uh, that uh, starts off their Breeders' Cup meeting there, so that'll be kind of interesting. But for today, like you said, we have Churchill Downs. And by the way, Churchill Downs, that little fall meet they got going there, is a pretty darn good meet, isn't it? Yeah, and the payoffs are really unbelievable. I mean, look at those pick fives. If you get lucky and happen to, to you know, yeah. strike lightning or whatever it is, you can really get paid. They They pay unbelievable. I mean, they had one that paid sixty-one dollars the other day, but for the most part, they're all been paying thousands. So. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff there. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, well, hell, we'll we'll get a winner from you for uh, Churchill. The money spends the same. What are we doing? Let's go to the third race today, mile and the sixteenth on the main track, and I like the number seven horse in here, Code Runner. This is a six-year-old gelding from the camp. Kamori uh, Barn, Luan Machado aboard to ride this horse. Switching from the turf back to the dirt today where he does his best running. He's dropping in for 10,000. Seven or two on the morning line. Number seven, cold runner. A pick five single in today's third race out of Churchill Down. All right. We're going to single the uh, seven, cold runner. Uh, and at seven to two on the morning line, uh, not the favorite, although it is a wide open event. So that's good news. The seven in the third race is Jonathan Hardoon's pick for the race day. Uh, listeners at Churchill Downs, third race number seven. He got a full sheet, of course, a handicapping sheet at Churchill. Before I let you go, Jonathan, getting ready to come on out for the uh, Breeders' Cup seminar. Yes, we got our tickets yesterday, and we're ready to fly. All right, let's hope. Uh, let's hope 
all the flying arrangements uh, are w without any aggregation, huh? <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Thanks, Ralph. All right, you you got it, my man. You're you're done with your soapbox for today. Are you in favor of uh, you know getting Heisa completely gone, or do you think they ought to just Absolutely. fine tune it? Okay, you get want it out. out. No good. Get out. it out. All right. <laughs> get it out. Save some government Thanks. money too. That'll be something. Hey, look, they're yeah. you know they're negotiating uh, right now for the spending bill. Put that on the uh, chopping block. <laughs> Absolutely, included. They they snuck it through the first yeah. time when it got approved. Yeah. Now sneak it out the same way. All right. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ralphie. Stay safe. Be well. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, looking for John Lindo. The racing is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas. Time to go out with uh, John Lindo and uh, see what's uh, going on in Southern California. John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How you doing? I'm doing fine, my man. You know, for that uh, little uh, meet they got going there in Orange County, it was certainly uh, dramatic on closing day Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, boy, the leader standing sure changed. That with Bob Baffert winning four races out of four starters and all ridden by Juan Hernandez. And I've never seen a jockey go perfect for me, but Juan Hernandez was the perfect six for six. He ended up tying Ramon Vasquez and Diego Herrera, who had a good meet over there. So, a three-way tie there, and Baffert went from nowhere to leading trainer in one day. <laughs> you know, I gave uh, uh, Hernandez a little bit too much credit. I, I gave him eight for eight, but uh, even six for six. I, you're right. I've never seen a jockey have be uh, perfect in a meet, ever. No, no. And, uh, you know, he, obviously he was just picking and choosing which races he was going to go over and ride. And, yeah. he, you know, when Mr. Baffert calls, I got a live one for you, you're going to say, let me know when and where and I'll be there. Yeah. But uh, you, you got to take advantage of it when you're given those horses. And he sure did. He sure did. That's for sure. And of course, so he winds up in a tie in the jockey standings, correct? 
Yes, Diego Herrera and uh, Ramon Vasquez each had six wins as well. And Ramon's been, uh, since 2022, I think he's won, won or tied each of the jockey standings at Los Alamitos since he came out from the Midwest. Now, Los Al has one more meet this year, right, in December. Right. They've got a couple of weeks after the Del Mar fall meet, right between that and the start of the Santa Anita meet day after Christmas. Now, uh, what about the trainers? That was tight, too, wasn't it? You know, it was. They, they were kind of, everybody was sitting at two and three wins, but uh, you, you had Bob Baffert win uh, five overall to yeah. take the title. Uh, you know, guys like George Papa Padromo bounced back from a, from a quiet Del Mar, and Doug O'Neill was winning races over there. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Seren had a good meet as well. But, uh, you know, with only six days, you don't get that many starters. So no. when, when a guy wins four in a day, that kind of shoots no. him right to the stand, top of the standing. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll put the, uh, the, uh, nail in the coffin for anybody else that's for sure but uh, it certainly was a uh, an interesting day with a lot of great performances uh, with Baffert and Hernandez in the in the race for two-year-old Phillies he won with Pinecone rather easily I thought and and in the uh, yeah, the other Philly that he had in there uh, got left at the gate and ran yeah. second. So uh, he, he they ran one two there. Pinecone, you know, I had mentioned in, on the Linda report she, she had had trouble changing leads in the morning, and she was a little late changing leads, turning for home again. Mm-hmm. But uh, she just outclassed that field and won pretty easily. Uh, we'll see where she goes. I don't think she's on the A list of the Bob Baffert two year olds right now, but she's got a chance to move forward. And Baffert's uh, other two uh, winner on for two year olds uh, it was in the uh, maiden race in the fifth race at seven furlongs and ultra power, which was uh, a favorite winner as well. Right now, the thing about her, you look at her. Damn, you if you remember, unique Bella, she was really good for yeah. trainer Jerry Hollendorfer. Uh, I think she was a three time Grade One winner and uh, just a really really good mare. This is the first full out of her. And you look at uh, this this uh, filly, she wants to run long. The longer they go, she's kind of a big, long, grinding gray filly. The further they, further they go, the better she's going to like it. Yeah, no question about that. And, of course, talking about Jerry Hollendorfer, he's allowed uh, by the management of Los Al to actually uh, stable horses and run horses at Los Al. And he won the other race for two-year-olds on the day, the fourth race with Just Be You. And uh, Ramon Vasquez was aboard there. Nice to see Jerry Hollendorfer winning a race there. Yeah, it really was, and that's a, that that two year by Justify, mm-hmm. and the first time around uh, a route of ground and, and showed something. You know, sat right behind horses and was a very game splitting horses, turning for home, running through a gap, and, and getting the win. And this is a, a horse that's going to improve. We'll just have to see what happens. Uh, at this point, I, as far as I know, uh, Jerry Hollandover is still not allowed to start and run horses at, at Stronic Track, so I don't think he can compete at the Santa Anita, so I don't know if he'll show up in a different barn to run there or if he'll just wait for the Del Mar meet. Now, John, uh, when, you know, the thing between Hollendorfer and uh, the Stronach group, and that's been going on for years, it seems, uh, I, there was one time, was there not a lawsuit? How did, Was that settled out of court, or what happened there? Yeah, it was settled, oh gosh, I don't know if it was quite about a year ago. Yeah. I don't remember how long it's been now, but it has been settled there was a non-disclosure agreement, so nothing was said about uh, any kind of payments as far as monetary or or what the rules are. But uh-huh. ever since the settlement, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer has not started a horse at Astronic Group Track, as was when he was banned from there. So I think part of the settlement, that that has not changed. I do not think he can start horses at Santa Anita or Gulfstream or any of the other Astronic Tracks. 
and I don't know what the monetary settlement is. You, you can't ask them because no. they're not allowed to say. No, and uh, logical conclusion is this. They settled it, and he's still not racing there. So part of that settlement had to be agreed upon by both of them that he's probably not allowed to run horses there anymore. But never really found out the reason for that uh, the, the drastic um, uh, banning. No, you know, this all came down when there was that rash of uh, yeah. catastrophic in- injuries back in 2018, and that's when we had all the rain and the sealed tracks and everything that was going on. And, uh, you know, Jerry Hollendorfer was kind of the guy that, that took most of the heat for all that stuff. Yeah, and, fall guy. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll just leave it at that. It's mm. just, you know, it was unfortunate. And, and right now, you know, he, he split up his stable. Dan Ward went out on his own, his longtime assistant. He's running the barn back at uh, Mammoth, and I think he'll go to Oakland in the winter. So Jerry's just basically set up in California, and that's it. And if he's not allowed to race at Santa Anita, that's, you know, eight months out of the year he can't race. And, uh, of course, uh, now that Golden Gate is gone, he wasn't going to run there anyhow because they're owned by them as well. So, uh, well, you know, maybe uh, Jerry, uh, you know, just wants to take it easy and kind of semi-retire right now, too. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a, nearly as big a barn now. I, I don't think he has more than 12 or 15 horses. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a, a different Jerry Hollander for stable than the one we were used to for all those decades. John, uh, now looking at, uh, we're looking towards the Breeders' Cup, and I just wanted to give a thought or two about Ceiling Crusher, who won the Cotillion. That was a nice uh, nice win with that when Maldonado. Were. This is a Calbred that's won six out of seven races. Right, yeah, she's now a grade one winner, but her connections did say that that was their Breeders' Cup. Okay. So they, they have no intention of running Ceiling Crusher back in the Breeders' Cup distaff to face older fillies and mares. Uh, I, I don't know what the plan is for her next. I'll probably just give her a little break. But, uh, you know, she went from uh, just winning cowbed races to stepped up to win the Tory Pines, which is a grade three at Del Mar. And that was uh, as a prep for the Cotillion, and they got that done. Mm-hmm. And no, no matter what now, they can't take away the fact she's a grade one winner. And I think they're just going to wait and, and start later in the year and get back for the four-year-old campaign. Yeah, no question about that. That's for sure. And with the uh, Breeders' Cup coming up, I, I guess uh, this weekend's uh, you know races at uh, Santa Anita, and uh, for that matter, uh, New York and uh, Churchill Downs are going to be some Breeders' Cup winning or in races. But right now, it looks like for the Classic, you got Archangelo, uh, Go Rocket Ride uh, is is pointing there, Arabian Night who had a, that big win, and White Abario who's been training lights out. They say at Santa Anita, right? Yeah, he's already worked once out at Santa Anita. He worked five furlongs in a minute in the change, and uh, you know he's he's chained by the the Dutros stable. His uh, Rick Dutros brother is out here in, in charge of the barn that he the horses that had that he has out here. And I understand that Steve Asmussen has already started to ship some horses out, and some of the other guys from the East Coast they're starting to get a, get out here and set up early. So uh, those horses are starting to arrive, and and we'll see what happens, but. Uh, you know, most of those horses you mentioned for the Breeders' Cup Classic, they're basically three-year-olds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, and when you go through it, who are the older horses, you have to stop and think. Because right now, I, I guess besides White Barrio, I mean, is Defunded the best older horse in the, on the West Coast? I, I don't know. Well, you got Forte that's in there, the, the, the hard luck horse, I guess, of, of this year. He's a three-year-old. And Proxy, who is a horse who kind of wins once in a while, etc. you know, uh, but uh, he's not really... Uh, a horse that would scare too many people, although he is owned by Godolphin. But then you get Bright Future, uh, Saudi Crown, another three-year-old that won uh, big in the Pennsylvania Derby. He's heading there. And the Japanese horse, Ushba Tesoro, uh, which is uh, 
I don't know too much about that horse, but he's coming in from Japan. And the Japanese horses have been really solid on the big uh, American race days, championship race days. Absolutely, and they've run well at Santa Anita. They've had a couple horses come out, and they've run well on the main track here. So the horsemen in Japan at least know what kind of surface they're going to deal with. And, you know, there's been a couple of experiments. Cody's Wish tried stretching out to go a mile and eighth at Saratoga, and that didn't work. So I would think he's probably cutting back maybe to the mile. And then we saw at Parks over the weekend, you saw Gunite yeah. go to the Parks Dirt Mile around two turns, and he didn't get the didn't job done. Didn't get the done. job done, no. So if he cuts back around one turn, and, and I think Steve Esselson was trying that, because I think the Philly uh, Echo Echo Zulu is Zulu, uh, yeah. probably going to try the six furlong sprint against the boys as opposed to the seven furlong Philly and Mertur sprint. I know Steve Esselson thinks that Echo Zulu is better at six furlongs, so I think he's trying to test drive some of his horses so they don't all end up facing each other. Yeah. And then, of course, you got some other horses that uh, are on the next echelon. you got uh, Mage. And don't forget, he won the Kentucky Derby. And now, as you say, uh, defunded. And, and Stiletto Boy's always been competitive, if not uh, a winner in that division all the time. And Senor Buscador, who had a one big, huge come-from-behind win. And, and uh, oh, don't forget Slow Down Andy, huh? Yeah, he's probably going to be the marquee name this weekend in the uh, the older horse race uh, at Santa Anita, the mile and eighth race on Saturday. Uh-huh. Entries will be drawn for that today. But you know, he comes off a third in in the Pacific Classic, and and he's probably the horse to beat in there. But uh, you know, I don't think he strikes fear in anybody's heart going a mile and a quarter against the very best horses, at least at least right now. Yeah, and that of course uh, on uh, Sunday uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? It'll be uh, the uh, awesome again Saturday, right? Right, yeah, we enter that, and we'll, we'll see what uh, the entries look like in New York uh, on, on Saturday as well, get an idea who's going in the Vosburg, for instance, over there, and uh, they've already drawn races down at uh, Churchill Downs, the Lucas Classic is on Saturday, so it'll, it'll get a lot more defined as who's coming out for the Breeders' Cup Classic with all those major preps this weekend. And they uh, across the pond, you know, we we got to always uh, kind of uh, start getting uh, uh, taking a look at and, and uh, forming some opinions of the European horses. And New Market, I guess, is uh, running this week, right? Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the Arc will be coming up, and uh, a lot of times it's a quick turnover to go from the Arc to the Breeders' Cup turf, but that'll be coming up over there. And uh, we've got to, like you say, we've got to start looking now. I've got to do a little digging on the Japanese horses like Equinox and, and horses like that to yeah. see if they're coming. So, uh, yeah, it's time to start searching these horses out, seeing what they're doing, where they're doing it, and if they're coming. And uh, New Market, of course, uh, this weekend, the Rockfell Stakes uh, for two-year-old fillies is a Breeders' Cup winning your end. They may get one or two out of there. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be uh, some uh, stakes races in the Royal Lodge which is going to be the two-year-old Colts and Geldings that will also be this weekend there. So we have to start taking a look at that because uh, the even the two-year-old European two-year-olds, uh, you know, in the turf, uh, the juvenile turf and the juvenile Phillies turf, uh, they have come with some uh, loaded guns. Oh, absolutely. And one thing about it, they, they don't do as well in the turf sprints here, the five furlong turf yeah. sprints with the turn. Mm-hmm. But the, the, you know, the mile and the 16th or mile and the 8th or five flat mile races on the turf for the two-year-olds, that's where you kind of have to keep an eye for the Europeans. And as far as one uh, two-year-old on the dirt, uh, Richard Mandela has said this week that uh, Tamara, who won the Del Mar debutante, ah. He, I, I think he's going to skip the uh, the chandelier, which is the two turn race this weekend or next weekend, and he's going to go straight into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies with her. 
Now, the uh, Chandelier, that's for the two-year-old fillies? Yeah, that's the mile in the 16th race for two-year-old fillies. Okay. But, uh, and, uh, you know, we uh, you, we want to remind everybody, too, that uh, coming up, as far as Breeders' Cup winning your in races, as we get to the uh, early part of uh, October, uh, which is right down the road, Keeneland is going to kick in with their meat. And, you know, they got the Alcibiades, uh, they got the... Uh, the uh, Jessamine and they got the uh, Phoenix, all Breeders' Cup winning the Wren races there. And, of course, uh, New York will come back with the Champagne and the Frisette for the uh, two-year-olds and the two-year-old fillies. Princess Rudy Invitational at Gulfstream Park is a Breeders' Cup winning the Wren, believe it or not. And, of course, Keeneland uh, on, uh, what is it, uh, October 7th. Uh, my goodness, Keeneland's going to have the uh, Breeders' Futurity uh, winning the Wren. The Turf Mile, a Coolmore Turf Mile, a winning your in. Uh, the Thoroughbred Club of America race, winning your in. And, and of course, Santa Anita on the same day will have the American Pharaoh and, of course, the Chandelier and the Rodeo Drive. So there's a lot of Breeders' Cup winning your in races yet to come. And on October 8th, uh, you've got the Futurity at uh, Aqueduct, uh, the Bourbon at Keeneland, and the uh, Spinster at at uh, Keeneland, all Breeders' Cup winning your in races. So we got Breeders' Cup winning your in races right up until October 8th. Oh, yeah. The next two weeks are absolutely key for what happens as far as getting these horses ready for the Breeders' Cup. Let, let's hope we get good weather in Kentucky and good weather in New York yeah. because it's a little easier to figure out where they where they fit on dry land as opposed to trying to factor in all that that wet stuff because, you know, out here right now in California, if it rains, we don't train and we don't race. Yeah, so, let's keep uh, let, Let's hope the weather stays good for Breeders' Cup weekend. Yeah, let's too. just keep that away. I can tell you the weather is uh, right in the sweet spot right now here in Vegas. Uh, and uh, usually uh, it, it kind of holds the same for Southern California. We get it. So let's just keep our fingers crossed at least for the next uh, 37 days. Then if they want to give us more rain, we can take it after that. That's for sure. Uh, uh, John, coming up this uh, week, uh, what's the Linda report look like? I'll do uh, Churchill Downs tomorrow, Thursday, when they have that Twilight card. And then uh, I get back to Santa Anita when they open on Friday. And they've already drawn uh, Friday's card at Santa Anita, 1 o'clock post, nine races on on Friday. We'll draw Saturday today, and we'll see what we're looking at there. Uh, the field sizes are good. They're not great on mm-hmm. Friday, but good racing. And, you know, we are, we start with the stakes race, the Chillingsworth, which is a great yep. three, six-and-a-half furlong sprint for fillies and mares, older fillies and mares. And it's uh, designed as a prep race for the for the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint. So we'll see horses like Ida and clearly unhinged in there and uh, Elm Drive. So that's a pretty good race. Now, the uh, turf sprint races, uh, since they're being conducted at Santa Anita this year, will they be coming down the hillside turf course or are they going to stay on the flat? No. Uh, the Breeders' Cup turf sprint will be five furlongs. Mm, and okay. and uh, I, I'm assuming the juvenile sprints are also going to be five furlongs. I am guessing, I don't know, but my opinion is they probably don't want to cross the dirt for yeah. those. Yeah. But uh, I'm surprised, though, too, because in past Breeders' Cups, they've run down the hill with the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, and I think that's a beautiful race to watch. And I was a little disappointed because I just think at five furlongs with you know a huge yeah. field, so many horses get compromised, and if you have an option, I, I would have taken the option. Yeah, no question about that. And the Breeders' Cup conversation starts now and continues for the next 37 days here on the race day show until we get to that seminar on friday night november 3rd after the first of the two-day championships at the south point make your plans to come and join us right right now make the plans right now for then all right john we'll wrap up the show one more thing to say 
Have a great race day, everybody.